Hello, my name is Sam Becker, and I'm the Brookings First United Methodist Church's Worship Technology and Media Director. On behalf of our pastors, Pete Grassow and Krista Ducker, I welcome you to this episode of Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon and scripture from each week's Sunday morning and Wednesday Manna in the Middle services. Today's message was delivered by Pastor Pete Grassell on December 15th, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Pete with Finding Joy. So let me try this question on you. Where do you come from? Where were you born? Anyone here ever introduced yourself to someone and had that person ask you the question, where do you live? And at that point you do one of two things. Either you tell them where you live and they look at you blankly because they don't have a clue where your house is. And then you try and give directions. You say, well, you know where Hyvee is? Then just behind Hyvee, or in my case, just behind the swimming pool. Or you think of your house and you don't actually feel that great about where you live, so you try and avoid the question or you just name another random house. You know that big house with all the lights on and you hope they never find out. I suspect had you asked Jesus where he comes from, he might have got that kind of reaction. Something like, hi Jesus, where were you born? And Jesus would have answered, I was born in Bethlehem. Where? Oh, Six miles south of Jerusalem, never heard of it. Because nobody went to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was one of those towns that had its best years behind it. And had been overshadowed by its much bigger neighbor, Jerusalem. Bethlehem had a wonderful history. It it was initially begun by Canaanites, and then Jewish people moved into the area. Um, A really famous family lived in Bethlehem. Cameron, tell us what their name was. Uh, You might know the names of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz, who were born in Bethlehem. Very famous story in the Old Testament. An even more famous family came from Bethlehem, King David. His father Jesse lived there. King David comes from Bethlehem. But by the time of Jesus, Bethlehem was one of those forgotten towns. Everyone went to Jerusalem. Nobody went to Bethlehem. Except there was an obscure text by one of the minor prophets in the Bible that talked a little bit about Bethlehem. So I want to take us to the prophet Micah. 
Let's listen to Micah. Micah, who lived 600 years before Jesus. Micah, who has something to say about Bethlehem. I'm reading from Micah chapter 5, and I'm just going to read three verses. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for from now he shall be great to the ends of the earth and he shall be their peace. Just so far. Micah wrote these words 600 years before Jesus, and it's Micah who tells the people of Bethlehem that God has not forgotten their town. And one day, a new leader shall emerge from it. Did you hear those words, Micah 5, 2? You, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler of Israel. So here's the promise. Just as King David emerged from Bethlehem, so, O Bethlehem, another great leader shall emerge from you. And in Micah's words, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Micah says that the forgotten town, which is overshadowed by a much more important neighbor, will produce another leader for the nation. And 600 years later, Bethlehem does exactly that. Actually has the distinction of delivering two world leaders. King David, and Jesus. Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. And here's a thought that I would hope we can take away with us. The lesson here is that the size of the town and the status of the town does not determine the quality of the people who come from it. A little forgotten town of Bethlehem produces world leaders. But back to my opening question. So where is your home? Where do you come from? And have you ever been tempted to dodge that question because you think where you come from is not really that great a place? In fact, the only answer you can give is that where you come from is a place where the love of God brought you to life. God dreamed your life and chose for you to be born in exactly the right place 
And for that reason, never, ever be ashamed of your roots. Because God loved those roots enough to give you life there. Sometimes, sometimes we think we can't tell people where we come from in case others laugh at us. I am inviting you tonight to own your birthplace, to be proud of your roots, to be able to say, God chose that place for me to be born because that is also God's place of love. So this Christmas, I would want to challenge you, challenge you to say thank you to your family for your home and for your roots. This Christmas, remember Bethlehem, the forgotten town that gave birth to Jesus. And in the same way, say to your family, I am so glad to be part of this home. This home, this home is my place of blessing. Can you do that? Are you okay to own your home and to see it as your place of blessing? It is God's gift to you, and God is with you in your home. Having said that, I think I'll fail us if I don't add the second thought. In the same way that I've said to us, God is in our homes, and God loves us, and, and treasures our homes, I do want to challenge us to be willing to do the same for other people. Beware of the temptation to define other people by where they come from. You know, it's so easy to write off people by where they come from. Often the first question we ask people is, where do you come from? Why do we ask that question? Because we think we can value them in terms of where they come from. And I'm fully aware of how in the Dakotas we do this East River, West River thing. Tell me who's more civilized, East River or West River? Um, sadly, sadly, we do it more often than we think. And we often do it with individuals. Once we've figured where they come from, we figure their worth and we figure their potential. So let me try this on you and see how good you are. I'm going to talk about two people. Let me try Elon Musk, the wealthiest person in the world. He's worth $300 billion. It's numbers that you can't even get your head around. He invented PayPal. He invented SpaceX. He invented Tesla. Do you know where Elon Musk comes from? And I own this one particularly. Elon Musk comes from South Africa, from Pretoria, from the tip of Africa, darkest Africa. Beware of saying, you know, people from Africa are just a bunch of savages. Remember Elon Musk. Let me try another one. Taylor Swift. One of the world's highest paid celebrities. It is estimated she gets paid a million dollars a day. It's unbelievable. The female artist with the most charted songs in the US ever. 
you know where she comes from? Anyone? A little, a little town called West Reading in Berks County in Pennsylvania, population of 4,000 people. The biggest artist in the US. Beware of judging people by where they come from because that does not define their potential. Sometimes we do this with groups of people as well. In the US, we do it with the northern states and the southern states, or we have east coast people and west coast people. What does that make us, by the way? Are we the no coast people? Um, sadly, sadly, Bethlehem finds itself trapped in exactly this situation right now because Israel has built a wall that separates Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And, and the world uses language that is deeply divisive because on the one side are Jewish people, on the other side are Palestinian people, and there's almost the impression that God loves Jewish people and doesn't love Palestinian people. Let's not get into those labels. Let's be willing to own that God loves everyone, both sides of the wall. God loves the Jewish people, God loves the Palestinian people, they are God's beloved. And I find it deeply symbolic that Bethlehem is in Palestinian territory. More than 1.5 million people are traveling to Bethlehem now at Christmas to celebrate Jesus. Every place is loved by God. Let us not be trapped into thinking some places are more beloved than others. Let's not get trapped into thinking, if I could just gather everybody this side of the wall, God will love us more and let's keep all those people the other side of the wall because God loves them less. The fact is, God loves us all. To go back to the words in Micah, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, and he shall be their peace. The peace of Christmas is found when I discover I'm God's beloved, and when I'm willing to recognize that you are God's beloved as well. So to kind of pull this together, just to round this off, are you willing to do it with me? Are you willing to say with me, I am God's beloved? Let's try it, say it to yourself, I'm God's beloved. No, come on, a bit louder than that, people. I am God's beloved. Now the difficult part, would you be willing to turn to the person next to you and say, and you are God's beloved too? And can you say it without laughing at them? Saying to them, you really are God's beloved, you guys at home? I can see some families cracking up as they're trying to say you're God's beloved. Let's own that God is in our homes and that God holds us as families together. That's the core to the invitation to share in Holy Communion. We have communion together. Literally the word communion means together. And so we are going to share in communion in a moment if you are prepared for it at home. If you didn't get a little communion container as you came in, could you just raise your hands and Rick Heeb will bring one to you. Just make sure everybody has a communion container. The, the whole basis of sharing communion 
has to do with Christ, who says, I love you, and I love others. We cannot take communion privately. We can only take communion with others. So get used to the idea that you belong to each other. Each other are God's beloved. Maybe, maybe I need to own where do I live? What gives me joy? And tonight, I want to own the shirt that I'm wearing. I want to own that I do love Brookings High. I know I've, I've said a huge amount about, um, about the Jackrabbits. Don't think I don't love the other team in town as well. And Pastor Chris is exactly the same, by the way. We... We see ourselves as part of the city, and, and we, want to, we want you to know we love every aspect of the life in the city. So, so we own, we live here. Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.